Does your team know what's most important in your organization right now? If not, I can guarantee that not all of the oars are rowing in the same direction. You know what? I promise you that not even all the oars are in the water. And that's what we're going to help you do today is define your big goal. What's most important right now so that you and your team can perform well. Welcome to the Lead Well Podcast, where we give mission-driven leaders principled and practical advice so they can do just that, lead well. I'm your host, John Kidwell, and I am thrilled to be here with you every single week, talking leadership, sharing content, and taking your questions. I love that you are here. Please go and subscribe so that you can come back. We are in the middle of a series where we are helping you align your team, develop your leaders, and build a winning culture all of it so that you can go out and lead at your best. Today, we are talking about focusing your objective, that big goal. Because like I said, if you have not done that, not everybody is rowing in the right direction. Funny story. We are in a pond this summer and my kids, Anna six, William three, first time in a kayak and they each have their oars and they're trying to get out to this platform so that they can do the thing that all the big kids are doing. Slide down the slide, plop in the water. And I just got to, it was super adorable. They get in, they're all gun ho. And then we're just sitting there. My wife and I are watching them as they're paddling out to this platform so they can slide down the slide. And you know what's happening? is they're just circling and they're smiling and they're laughing and they're giggling and Anna's rowing and Anna's rowing and William's just got his oar in the water and he's like, just twisting around and they're not going anywhere. They're just circling and circling and circling. They're having fun. They're working hard, but they're not actually getting where they're trying to go. And that's what we're going to do today by helping you define your goal is get your team aligned so that they can work in a way that gets you where you are trying to go. Here's the thing. In our organizations, we essentially create a whole bunch of multitaskers. And Professor Clifford Nass at Stanford says this. He explains it that as skinning, scamming, and scanning, not scamming, skimming, scanning, and multitasking ability increases, our ability to read and think deeply erode. And we're doing this in our organizations when we say, this is important, this is important, this is number one, this is number one. Our ability to make traction on what's most important erodes. He says, habitual multitaskers may be sacrificing performance on the primary task. They are suckers for irrelevancy. And we don't want our organizations to be irrelevant. I know the work that you do deserves impact. That's why we're going to help you. One just quick case study about the power of doing this. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of this company, uh, but Apple, um, perhaps, maybe, uh, just a time or three. I may be recording this uh, with a number of Apple products. I couldn't tell you. Uh, But when Steve Jobs returned to Apple in 1997, his first act was to reduce more than 90% of the Apple products. That's right. 350 different products down to 10, 10, 
350 down to 10. And we're trying to help you today to find your number one objective so that unlike Anna and William, unlike the multitaskers and unlike Apple pre Steve Jobs, we can build collaboration and momentum and help you achieve what is most important to impact the lives of the people that you serve. And I know that you, like me, are probably sitting there and it is bubbling up. If I say this is what is most important, we won't do any of the other things. All right, maybe you don't tell yourself that, but I tell myself that. If I say that this is what you do, you prioritize this above that, that this is the thing that is most important in the next three months, six months, 18 months, whatever that runway is, does that mean we stop doing everything else? No, it means that we give our team the ability to work together on that big goal. It means that we give the opportunity to build some momentum. We remove the distraction so that we can make traction on that that is most important. And the funny thing happens, at least I've found this funny thing happens, is when we do that, when we say this is number one, I am less involved because people are making wise decisions and we actually get to numbers two, three, and four faster because we focused in on this. So let's jump in. We're going to give you three things to help you focus your objective. They are choose what is most important right now, set a clear target, and stay committed. Those three things are going to help you focus your objective and move the organization in the direction it needs to be successful, to deliver impact. Number one, choose what is most important right now. Patrick Lencioni describes this as one of the things that will give your organization the advantage because other people don't know what is most important right now. What is that thing that when you achieve it, it causes other things to be successful? That's the first part of figuring out what is most important right now. What do we need to achieve now so that we have the opportunity to do this later? Achieve this level of success, gain this accomplishment, put this much money into capital so we can build this building in the future. Maybe it is increase our clients. Maybe it's grow from 100 people to serving 1,100 people. The number one focus right now could be changing a product. Whatever that thing is, you need to find the number one thing that when you achieve it, it creates a cascading effect that improves other parts of the organization. Once you have what is most important right now, you and your team circle around it. Here, a quick example of what we did with one of our organizations. We're in a room, we're talking about it. We've set up all of these activities where people are going around, they're drawing pictures, they're writing words, they're trying to put up the big problems in the organization. And after about 35 minutes of just saying like, what if, what if, okay, let's have some fun here, like this thing, this, they finally got to, oh, this member onboarding, if we solve member onboarding, then A, B, C, D, all get better, all get easier. Every other goal kind of comes up under that and has this cascading effect to be successful. And so they pulled that out and said for 18 months, this is our number one objective increase the member onboarding experience. So once you know what is most important, 
Then you go into number two, just like they did, and you set a clear target. Set a clear target. Clear target is specific. Increase the member onboarding experience, and it is potentially measurable. What do I mean by that? Well, in our organization, we just went through a rebrand. We have been doing the work, coaching and training mission-driven leaders for years, and we just rebranded as Leadwell. Ours was very specific. We are going to rebrand as Leadwell by this time. The measurement of that rebrand wasn't, you know, by making sure that a certain color palette is hit or by making sure that uh, we get so many views on the website. No, ours was kind of a thematic rallying cry, if I take Patrick Lencioni's words, where this onboarding experience, or maybe yours, is specifically measurable, where we're going to increase the member onboarding experience by going from X to Y on the amount of time that it takes somebody to do this. Um, just as an example, right? So set a clear target. This is something that we potentially can measure, but it's specific enough so that everybody knows when I need to make a decision on what to prioritize, I clearly know what is number one. Choose what is most important right now, set a clear target, and I'm preaching to the choir on this one. Squirrel over here that loves nuts and being able to chase them, right? I, I get it. Uh, and shiny things are, are very distracting. But as we said earlier, distraction, distraction hinders our ability to make traction. And so number three, it's, I'm just you and me having a conversation here. We have to stay committed. We have to stay committed to this. We have to stay committed to the main objective. Three months in when we're getting pressure to change, but it's on an 18 month timeline. We have to stay committed. How do we do that? Here's some things that I found that really help me stay committed because I get impatient. I want to drive success faster. I see this golden opportunity over here that I want to take advantage of. So here's some of the things. Number one, create milestones. If you got an 18 month lead time, milestones help you make sure you're on track. Also, this is where I might need to engage and, and tweak some things to keep us on track. Number two, Bring somebody in to help you be accountable. Go find that other leader who's also doing this. Maybe they're in a different department. Maybe they're a peer CEO and you say, okay, here's what's most important for me. What's most important for you? Can we help each other? Like yours is a 12 month, mine's an 18 month. Help me stay focused. Ask me how it's going. Ask me if I'm getting distracted. Help me stay focused. You can also do this through a coach. A coach is a great accountability partner to help you set a clear goal and stay focused on it all the way through. And then the last one is communicate it. Communication is a leadership superpower. Communicate. This is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. This is how long we're doing it. Put it out there so that everybody else can hear it, know it. It's clear. They're going to rally around you and help support that commitment all the way through. So why are we defining a clear objective? Why are we getting that focus? Because we want to give our teams the ability to collaborate around what is most important. We want to create momentum and we want to advance, increase the impact that we have by defining a very important, clear goal and staying with it all the way through so that we can advance the work, the mission, increase the bottom line, create a better product or bring people into the services that we offer. When you do that, 
You will align the team and they will run. There's a saying, write down the vision, make it clear so that the people may run. And that's what we just walked you through today. Define what's most important, set a clear target, stay committed to it. Hey y'all, I would love if you would go and leave a review of this podcast. It helps me know how I'm doing and it also helps spread the word. And I want you to do it so much, I would love to give you money to help. 150 bucks, your chance at 150 bucks if you would leave us a review. Five stars are great, but I'll take whatever you got because I wanna know how I'm really doing. So please go to your favorite podcast platform, leave a review, take a screenshot of it, and then send it to me at podcast at leadwell.com or text it to me at 832-895-1253. You will be entered to win your chance at $150. We're giving away multiple $150 gifts. Enter your chance by going and leaving a review today. Also, it really helps us and helps get the word out to other leaders. If you would share this podcast, click that little button that likes, woo, sends it out there, subscribe. And again, that review thing would love it. Here's the other part of this podcast. We want to answer your questions. We desire to come alongside leaders to help equip you, to give you ideas, to coach you, to guide you, to give you practical advice so that you can align your team develop your leaders, and build a winning culture. So, Matthew, my producer. Hey, producer Matthew, I know you have some questions there for us. I would love to hear some questions, the ones that we have compiled from coaching, from training, from the webinars that we do. What do you have for us, Matthew, as the first question today? Yeah, hey, John. Thanks. So, we do have questions, of course. There are always more questions. And today's first one is from leaders we've worked with, and it is about hiring. Understandably, a lot of leaders dread the process, and people often quote the phrase, always be hiring. But is that always true? And so what is our best process for hiring to make it effective and efficient? Our our saying is always be developing. I don't know about always be hiring, uh, but always be developing. So the question is effective and make it work. Okay. The most effective way to hire is to treat it like the tortoise and the hare and go slow so that you can go fast later. What do I mean by that? I mean, oftentimes we take one interview, the can I fog up the mirror test and we bring somebody into the organization and the most effective, the thing that keeps them longer with the organization uh, that helps us bring in the right people to get those oars in the water is to actually go slower. And so we encourage folks that if you have a, a one-step firing process or a three-step firing process, that it's a three to one ratio on hiring. And everybody just shook their head and said, I, huh? So what do I mean by that? I mean, if you can walk in and say, Hey, bye and exit somebody from the organization, we would say you need at least three steps in your hiring process. And if you're like most organizations that say there's a conversation, there's a coaching, and then there's a termination, three steps. Well, we would encourage you to have nine steps in the hiring process. And those nine steps in the hiring process are going to walk you through 
questions to get people's motivation? Are they aligned around why we do the work and how we do the work? Those nine are also to get me a lot of touch points to see, do you have the character and do you fit the culture that we have? As well as, do you have the skills to be able to do the job? For us, that is the last one. We can train up skills, but I need to know who you are and how you are as a person as it relates to this organization, first and foremost. And then the other part of those nine touch points are lots of eyeballs. I don't know about you all, but I have gone into interviews and done it by myself, only me, and I do not do as well as when I get a whole group of people that are also looking, giving input, saying, ooh, I saw this. Hey, what about this? I ask a question that you didn't have. So we say it's a three to one ratio and we want to go through that process to figure out their motivation, to figure out their character, how they connect with us, how competent they are, the skills that they bring, but also get a lot of people that are already a part of the team to be able to give some feedback on that because we believe in the abundance of counsel, there is wisdom and we want this to go well because we don't actually want to fire and we don't want to do this again, uh, even though we know we're going to. Uh, we want it to be as effective as possible. What else you got, Matthew? Well, our second question here is something that is also sometimes avoided by leaders and you just mentioned it. So the other side of that hiring coin, firing, terminating, letting go, canned, whatever you want to call it, it doesn't feel good. So how do we do it well? The first step, in firing, exiting someone from the organization well is actually on the hire. Like imagine if you approached every single hire like you could not fire them. How might that impact the hire? And if you took the approach as layoffs, terminations, exiting somebody from the organization as the absolute last result, I do not want to do this unless it comes down to a mismatch of values, right? If we say that one of the core values we have is honesty and you lie, we're going to separate. Uh, if there is a performance that we have gone through and addressed and it's just not getting better with all of the pouring in, making sure our expectations are clear, making sure that we have coached, making sure that we have equipped and we just still can't get there, then to keep what's possible possible, we will exit somebody. Um, and also, uh, sadly, just sometimes if, if the person kind of fumbles and messes up one of those fatal fail failures, character failures, if you will, then uh, that might be a potential uh, exit. Um, so how do we do this well? Uh, well, we would say first and foremost that uh, we need to be absolutely and abundantly clear on the expectations. If we are clear on the expectations, nobody should see this coming. Second, we want to come alongside and coach and support and approach this like this is the last option. And so we're going to do everything that we can, reinforcing those expectations, but also giving the tools, the resources, the training, the guidance, the instruction to help people do it and then turn it over because they do, in fact, have to do that. They have to perform at work uh, to be able to be a part of the team. So clear expectations, they have to perform, and then it's not going to be a surprise. 
If we get to that point in this relationship at work, uh, we're already going to have to talk about it and say, this is the expectation. Yep, I know. We're going to come alongside and say, this is the plan, right? We're coaching and putting people on a plan. Yes, I know. And we're going to get inside of that plan to where they know this is the time frame. These are the expectations. If this is not met, this is what's going to happen. And then if we get to that point uh, and that is not met, everybody expects what is about to happen. And we have a conversation where we exit someone. And we believe that we want to approach that like it's me. What would I do if I were in that situation? I want to do it in a way that dignifies them. And I want to be able to help them jump to something else because I know that they're going to be successful elsewhere, even if they are not here. One last one for today, Matthew. You can't let me end on a firing note. So what do we got? No, it's, that's never the end. Uh, we've got a good one. We heard last time about your Tex-Mex favorite food in Houston. <laughs> what if you had yes. to leave Houston? Where <laughs> Anywhere in the world you can live, not Houston. Where would you go? Where would I go in the entire world to live? Yeah, if you could choose anywhere. Ooh. Well, uh, to all of my Houstonian and Texas friends, you know I'm not leaving. I got here as fast as I could 15 years ago. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. But uh, if I were to leave, um, well, first, uh, I'm taking my wife and I'm taking my kids with me. I'm not going solo. Um, but we are going to go to... Uh, we're going to go to Italy with the caveat, with the caveat that I get to come back someday. Uh, but we're going to go live in Italy for a while. Love it. Awesome. Thanks, Matthew. Uh, thanks for the questions, everybody. We look forward to answering your questions. So please send your question, whether it's a stressful one, whether it is hiring or firing or a specific situation that you are facing, that you want someone to help you walk through, give you some advice coach you through the process, send those questions to podcast at leadwell.com or text me, leave a voicemail at 832-895-1253. Can't wait to answer your questions in future episodes. Please share, subscribe, leave a review. And if you leave a review, take a screenshot, snap it to me, podcast at leadwell.com or text it to 832-895-1253 and you will be entered in your chance to get 150 bucks from me because I want to say thank you. Uh, and I would love to do that. We're going to have multiple people win 150 bucks for leaving reviews. So go do that today. And as always, everyone, be well, lead on, and God bless. God bless.